0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest
2: hello and welcome to you're in good company a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone i'm maddie and as always i'm in some very good company with my co-host sophie
1: hi mads how are you today i am good how are you i'm good i thought because we haven't done it for a while that i might bring back a bit of a joke
2: (laughs) oh i love it this was one of my favorite things back in the day what have you got back for in, me?
1: Back in the day back when the we day. were young youngsters. <laughs> okay, my joke is: what's another name for a long-term investment?
2: Oh, I don't know. What is it?
1: A failed short-term investment.
2: <laughs> I love it. Not very in line with our normal approach to investing, but it's very funny. I just—it's controversial. I reckon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> love a bit of controversy. Well, some very
2: exciting news this morning. Our event, all about sustainable investing at the Prince Hotel in Melbourne, is officially sold out.
1: I think it's great to know that everyone wants to like meet in person and like chat about these things. So don't stress if you haven't got a ticket because we will definitely be trying to do, not trying, we will be doing more of these during the year. So keep an eye out for when we do more events and definitely buy a ticket to come along.
2: And if you have any topics that you would like covered in events or anything that you would love to hear about, definitely get in touch and DM us because we are always open to ideas. But today we are very excited to be partnering with the ASX once again to be playing the ASX share
1: market game. So participants in the game, if you didn't know, they get $50,000 of virtual cash to invest in the S&P and ASX 200 in a range of ETFs and a selection of small and mid-cap companies.
2: Yeah, so we first invested on the 3rd of March and the game runs until the 16th of June and during which time you can really get a good taste of how the market moves, how your investments are tracking with actually having to invest any of your own money.
1: We're now over halfway and have six weeks to go, which is actually insane because when we did the first episode for this, I was thinking June is forever away and now it's the middle of May. Like, cool. I know.
2: <laughs> we started pretty strong with our performance, but since about the 14th of April, we've actually been tracking below the average returns of the ASX 200, so that is not great, Although we are coming 121st out of 195. Although I did get a lot of joy yesterday going through the ladder and realising that we are beating Simon, Alf, Darcy and Wren all in the Equity Mates team and we're only just behind Bryce at 113. So pretty poor effort from the Equity Mates team all over.
1: Can we just blame Clem? Like, yeah. sorry, Clem, if you're listening to this, but you chose our stocks in the first True. game. So. <laughs> nah. so should we do a quick recap, I guess, then we invest In five stocks last time. One was Meridian Energy, which is down 7%. Damn. (laughs) One was Telstra, which is down 2%. It's all right. One was CLW, which is the REIT that we invested in. Up 2%. Hello. Macquarie our darling up 5.5 percent thank you and finally Woolworths our winner at the moment which is up 11 percent. Yeah Woolworths is definitely
2: our best performer by quite a little way their sales actually jumped 9.7 percent in the March quarter so makes sense.
1: Well it also makes sense I guess with rising inflation because obviously if it's more expensive to buy things I mean I guess they have higher costs as well but I guess Mm. that profit potentially goes to them
2: yeah and I think with this it's like consumer trends probably shift as well like if everything's getting more expensive we're probably more likely to be eating in buying from the supermarket instead of going out and eating out of restaurants
1: yeah Okay, so today we're going to add a little bit more to our portfolio and I guess sustainability has really been on our minds, not because we're doing a live event about sustainability, (laughs) (laughs) but also because we wanted to add a little bit more to our portfolio. We know we've already got Meridian Energy and and Macquarie who do their thing, but... I guess we kind of wanted to like uncover a little bit about two of the biggest buzzwords that we've been seeing at the moment, which are lithium and hydrogen.
2: Yeah, I've been seeing these two words all over social media, the news. I think everyone really is talking about them. So it will be good to look into it a little bit further today and really see like what are the plus sides, but also the negatives, because there are often some challenges associated with these different types of energy. But before we go there, let's take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back after the break to break down all things lithium and hydrogen.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: Okay, so I'm reading the news every day and all I am seeing on the news is this word lithium. <laughs> and I have done a bit of research, but can you tell me what actually is lithium?
2: Yes. So taking you back to your year nine chemistry days, lithium. Ooh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> lithium is a chemical element, atomic number three, oh science. God.
1: <laughs> Maddie, are you looking at like, what's it called? The periodic table? Yeah, the periodic table. And <laughs> I'm
2: singing the song. That's how I know it's number three. Can you give me the song? I'm not. I actually Little reduce. snippet. Come on. I have a weird feeling I've sung it before on this podcast too. I don't know why. <laughs> but Lithium is number three and... It is actually a metal that comes from the ground.
1: Awesome. Does it do anything?
2: <laughs> it can then be converted from its metal state to be used for multiple purposes, like in batteries, which is probably the reason why we've been hearing it so much about it at the moment. But also the manufacturing of aeroplanes as well as medicine.
1: Well, I guess anything that's mined from the ground, it's like used for something. But there's so many different things that are mined. So you said that it's getting a bit of attention because of batteries. Like why is it getting so much attention because of batteries.
2: So one of the outcomes of lithium is a lithium ion battery. And this is what is used in electric vehicles, wind turbines, smart grids, which I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what that actually is yesterday. I found a very simple Wikipedia definition, but I was like, I can't quote Wikipedia on the podcast.
1: (laughs) No, because I can go in and change Wikipedia. mate. Like anyone can do it.
2: (laughs) But it turns out it was correct. I'm still not quoting it but it's basically smart grids are basically an electricity network, which transmits data as well as electricity. And it basically just allows it to detect changes in usage and problems with the grid, as well as actually kind of self diagnose and fix those problems. So It is a
1: grid that is smart. (laughs) Okay, interesting. You mentioned electric vehicles, and I feel like that's probably the thing that I've been reading about the most. So how is this, I guess, used in an electric vehicle?
2: Yeah, electric vehicles are definitely the primary culprit when it comes to why lithium is getting so much attention at the moment. So EV sales are actually up 200% in Australia. To be fair, it's probably not off a very big base. But in 2019, electric vehicles made up just 2.5% of global car sales. And in 2022, the number of sales have tripled, making up 9% of the global car market.
1: Yeah, and I feel like they're getting so much attention because obviously the lithium-ion battery is like the main... Power source for these cars. And so we have someone like Elon Musk, who obviously is like the center of attention on the news for like most days. And he's promoting things like Tesla. And then people are getting really interested in it and looking at it. And then finding, you know, when we talk about investing, what are the opportunities around something like electric vehicles? It's not just investing in something like a Tesla, but people are going, well, what powers a Tesla or what powers an electric vehicle? And so we look at lithium because it's needed to make these cars.
2: Yeah, and I think there are lots of upsides to lithium as well. It's super light. It's easy to transport. It's also just one of the best resources that we actually have when it comes to battery technology, There is one alternative, which is quite interesting. It's zinc-iron batteries, but they are heavier than lithium batteries, which makes them a lot more difficult to sort of put into practice when it comes to things like global distribution.
1: Yeah, 100%. I guess if you think about pushing or, like, transporting lots of batteries around the world because we are such a globalised economy, like, the weight of a battery is really important. So obviously people are going to be looking towards whatever's lighter, which I guess is, in this case, the lithium. Mm. So there's obviously this positive side and people are using it. So we know that, you know, there's a good use case for it. But what are, I guess, the downsides of lithium? And especially in the context of like when people want to learn about something that they want to invest in, they tend to just go towards what's the good. So like what is, I guess, the downside of this?
2: Yeah, I think probably one of the things that surprised me the most is that lithium is a finite resource which it means that we can't rely on it forever as a renewable solution and I guess it surprised me because I thought the whole point of renewables was something that like we generated ourselves that we could just use forever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like in the name exactly. renewable but it's like <laughs> renewable but finite. Yeah. <laughs> So there actually is a fair amount of debate about
2: how much lithium is left in the world. So there are some researchers at LUT Osberg and they have made various models to try and figure this out. So it's basically what they found is that there might be good supply and demand for lithium for around the next 10 years. But after that point, we actually might see shortages start to kick in. So as an example, we currently have about 1 billion cars on the road, and this is set to rise to about 3 billion by 2050, meaning electrifying all cars could put a huge squeeze on lithium. So to think that this could only be a sustainable solution for around 10 years, it kind of makes me really consider how I guess I feel about investing in and the future of lithium.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was actually speaking to someone about this at work the other day and I was saying like so if lithium runs out what happens to all the cars that you have made like do they sustain can they stay on the roads do we have to get rid of them is that Mm. like a crazy waste of you know so much material can you repurpose it
2: I think what I imagine would happen is that we would find an alternative we would come up with a different battery using a different source of energy that we would be able to replace the lithium Mm. batteries with but it's a very interesting thought because I mean 10 years is pretty soon and I think that's just one source of modeling but it's definitely gonna it's the kind of thing that will come around very fast
1: yeah (laughs) well May is already upon us so we know how quickly time goes
2: (laughs) I think the last thing that I want to just touch on is that lithium comes from quite an intensive mining process so If you are looking for like the whole supply chain to be green, which is kind of what I guess I'm thinking about when I'm investing or wanting to learn more about the renewable space, then we really need to have mines using green energy to power them. And we are still quite a long way off being able to get to that point.
1: Yeah, I would say that like our infrastructure, particularly in Australia, but, you know, also globally doesn't actually allow for mining to be green necessarily there's more and more companies coming through and doing it we're getting there yeah but when you do read about I guess lithium and companies that you know you can invest in with lithium it's like one of those things it's like yeah you're doing a part for sustainability but if to get there it's using so much more energy then really it's not a green investment but that's just if the mining process that you're investing in is energy intensive
2: all right well, so if time is flying, so let's talk all things hydrogen. Can you give me the rundown of what actually is hydrogen energy?
1: Yeah, so I wanted to talk about hydrogen because I feel like it's everywhere and people don't really know what it is, myself included, for a while before.
2: It's also very polarizing. Like I'll read one article in the AFR that's talking about how hydrogen is the future. And then I'll read another one saying that it's completely useless and very hard to work with. And I'm like, wait, which one is it?
1: (laughs) I know. So it's actually so polarizing. Like you're so right. But what it actually is is that – so there's a lot of different forms and I guess the thing that's in the news at the moment is green hydrogen. There's also ones like brown, grey and blue. It's a be- beautiful rainbow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but green hydrogen – and I'm really sorry – to do science on you, but it's number one on the <laughs> on the on the periodic table. I'm glad you know the periodic table so well in a you know finance world, Matt. To I'll be love fair, that. I know
2: the first <laughs> three. So, well, no, I know the first twenty. I know the song <laughs> anyway. I digress.
1: The dra- the jack of all trades and the master of none we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, green hydrogen is the splitting of H2O, which is obviously the water molecule and also that great show on Disney with the mermaids. <laughs> and it splits the hydrogen and oxygen and then you pass electricity through the water, which is called electrolyzing the water. And this by way creates renewable energy or electricity through passing through the water current.
2: So we talked about before how the mining of lithium itself actually isn't a green process yet. Is, I guess, the electrolyzing of water molecules green?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so it's funny because it can be green, but the energy that passes through the water has to come from renewable sources, so something like solar or wind for that process to be green. I think at the moment around 99% of any hydrogen use is actually through fossil fuels, so Mm. the energy comes from fossil fuels so it doesn't actually make it a green process. But what I was going to say as well was that the reason why it is green, if you do use solar or wind, is that the output is water rather than carbon emissions. And that's why people like it as, I guess, as a choice of energy.
2: So I guess in terms of the actual generation, it's the same situation that we have as lithium in that we haven't been able to sort of greenify the process as such yet, But the actual output that we get from hydrogen energy is better because... It's hydrogen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's debated that it's better or not, Got but it. I guess we can get into it.
2: <laughs> I feel like all of a sudden, we talked about this before, we are seeing a lot of talk about hydrogen.
1: Why has it suddenly become a big deal? Is Has there been a breakthrough? I think it's just off the back of, you know, everyone is talking about how we can decarbonize and how we can create a better environment for us to live in in the future. And this is an alternative energy source. Hydrogen isn't a new phenomenon. It's been used for many, many years. And there was a lot of experimentation with it in the 1970s after the oil crisis, when people were looking for alternative energies. And also it's, I guess it's of relevance today as well, because you know, we see what's happening in Russia and Ukraine and across Europe as well. A lot of those countries are now looking for different energy sources because all of their energy comes from Russian gas. So it's not new, it's just top of mind because everyone has more awareness of what's happening with the environment.
2: Okay, so give me the upsides.
1: The upsides is that there's a lot of use cases for hydrogen. You can use it in transport, which is already happening. A lot of like cars in Norway, they have hydrogen battery cars, so it can be stored just like lithium in a battery. Um, It can be used as a storage for renewable energy. At the moment, there's the Mitsubishi Power and Fuel Storage Company working with Magnum Development on a project in Utah to build a storage facility for 1,000 megawatts of clean power. Wow! I don't know how much that is. It's a lot.
2: Okay. (laughs) I think a lot of wind farms produce like 30, 40 megawatts. So 1,000 is, that's a
1: lot. Okay. I'm so glad you're on top of these things today. <laughs> Help me through. But no, it can be used as storage, which is obviously really useful because you need more energy. If countries need more energy, they can you know, rely on that. And then obviously for the thing, other things, it can be used for heat. So if you're warming up all of Europe for winter, and it can also reduce the heavy impact of, I guess, carbon sectors. So, you know, like chemical iron and steel industries, the manufacturing, using that power as an alternative to fossil fuels is obviously going to have a decarbonizing effect.
2: So it sounds pretty good. I love how you just casually drop, heat up all of Europe for winter.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? I feel like that's what's in the news. That's what I'm reading. That's the example I'm going for.
2: (laughs) I am keen to hear what the downsides are because right now you've got me pretty sold, but I know that it's controversial, so it can't be that simple.
1: Yeah, nothing's ever that simple with (laughs) renewables, is it? You know, greenwashing everywhere. (laughs) But... (laughs) You know, as I've said, people have experimented with hydrogen before. If it was the perfect source, we would still be using it. But hydrogen is super low density, meaning it's really hard to transport. As I've already said, we live in a globalized world; we transport all our energy. It's really hard to move around and capture, and it's also highly flammable. So, Mm. as I said before, in Norway they were using the cars. They actually had a you know a fuel station where you plug in and fill up your hydrogen battery, but that station actually blew up because of all of the hydrogen yeah and it's funny when you look up like the use of hydrogen on google and like look up at old experimentation all you just see is like flames Which That's I shouldn't terrifying. laugh about. Yeah. yeah,
2: I think that is definitely the biggest thing I've heard is that it's actually like the power is great, but it's actually quite hard to harness the energy, move it around, and keep because I think there's also like you have to keep it a certain temperature. It's very specific.
1: Yeah, and I think as well as we've said already with lithium, it's the same old story. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the renewable infrastructure. If you want it to be truly green, you need to have all the solar and wind power, and water power, whatever to actually allow it to be a green process and so without that it's like yeah we can use hydrogen but its output is a lot less than fossil fuels so like if you're going to light up a whole building you have to use a lot more hydrogen than you would fossil fuels so you need I guess a lot of like raw energy first to allow that to happen which we just don't have in place.
2: Hopefully we are moving towards that at a very fast rate because we need it. (laughs)
1: Mads your hope is amazing and we all need it because the fast pace I ain't seen anywhere
2: well you're not seeing it in Australia
1: (laughs) so I'm interested with your lithium or with hydrogen and lithium because you've looked into both because we've discussed it before where did you researching and how are you finding this information
2: yeah so we we touched on it a little bit earlier but I think with petrol prices you know record highs recently in Australia I've just been reading and listening so much about the energy crisis in Europe, but it's also got me thinking about, I guess, fuel insecurity in Australia, and I would really recommend checking out the Climate Council. I was reading an article the other day that talked about how Australia imports 83% of the crude oil that we process into petrol, and that could increase to 100% reliance by 2030, so not very far away a lot of the content that i have been consuming in this space has been very us and europe oriented but the climate council is a great resource that i found provides a really good australian perspective talks a lot about evs in australia and what the progress is there but also about the environment and climate change more generally lots about renewables so highly recommend getting on to there they've got instagram they've got a website i've been finding it really useful to learn more about this space What about you? Where are you getting your info on all of this stuff?
1: I actually have swapped from podcasts to videos Uh for this stuff, mainly for the science reason, mainly because (laughs) I'm a lot of a visual person. So I actually found that YouTube was a good source for me to like kind of understand. I know this sounds ridiculous. No, I thought you were going to say
2: TikTok. So YouTube (laughs) sounds very like responsible of (laughs) you.
1: Yeah, maybe TikTok. No, I went YouTube and I was looking up, I guess, the mining process of lithium and also how hydrogen works one of the videos that i can recommend is by the economist they did fuel it's called hydrogen fuel of the future question mark they're asking um (laughs) but they kind of just (laughs) i think it's still a good resource that you can rely on but video format and if you are interested in how the electrolyzing process works they really run you through it
2: (laughs) so so if we are playing the asx Share market game. So, I think it would be helpful if maybe we just talk through a couple of different options that you can actually invest in this space. So, I guess the first place to go is the lithium mines, the mines themselves. The other ways that you can sort of think about it is investing in the car companies if you wanted exposure to the electric vehicle space or the companies that actually design and make the parts for electric vehicles.
1: And if you're, I guess, not wanting to put all your eggs in one basket with this thing, like is there an ETF? That you you know have seen or researched in the lithium space.
2: Yeah, so on the ASX we do have an an ETF called ACDC. It's a battery tech and lithium ETF, very relevant, and it basically offers investors exposure to energy storage and supply chain and production for battery technology and lithium mining. So right on trend for what we're discussing today.
1: I think that was one of the best performers of last year. That ETF, it went yeah. yeah.
2: And I and remember we pitched it in our in our um, seven ETFs for seven days of lockdown. Oh, gosh, go back and watch.
1: It was the first video I'm pretty sure. I think it was the first one I pitched. Oh, gosh, it would have been a good investment back then. I'm not no, you know what? I'm actually not going to lie. I looked this up. So I went to the share price and I went back to our video. I'm not joking. I did this. And we spoke about it kind of after its massive hike. Oh, okay. so We wouldn't have made, we would have made a little bit, but not that much. I did look at that because I was (laughs) like, would we have been millionaires?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What about hydrogen? How can you get exposure to this, I guess, source of energy
1: yeah i think it's the same in terms of like there's there's periphery investments and then also there's etfs so you know if you're really wanting to be a part of the green process like look into infrastructure for solar and for wind and infrastructure for how hydrogen can work look at batteries all those different i guess areas but then there's also the etf one of them on the asx um, which i've discussed a little bit with my housemates because he's very into hydrogen is H-G-E-N, which kind of gives you broad exposure to the hydrogen space.
2: Nice. Well, we would love to hear what you guys think about these two sources of energy. And if there are any others that are also on your mind We'd also love to hear if you are looking for more of a deep dive into this space. I think that we could talk about both of these things for hours on end. So, if you would love to learn more, please let us know and we can look into doing further episodes about this.
1: Also, if you have any other extra points about lithium and hydrogen that we've missed, like we love knowing more about anything. So, please (laughs) pop it into our Facebook group. We'll start a thread about lithium and hydrogen. We can all debate. Go to YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group.
2: Jump into our DMs on Instagram yigc podcast or follow us on tiktok at yigc
1: podcast and obviously if you have any other recommendations for us for resources to learn about these things we always love to hear them so send them through (laughs) thank you so much and we'll catch you next week bye you're in good company is a
2: product of equity mates media all information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of your In Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making
0: any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial
2: professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast.